Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story: an official end to Evergrande, the world's most indebted property developer. A court ordering the company to sell its assets to pay off a mountain of debt. What does the move mean for global investors? Evergrande is definitely a case, or very well, the benchmark example in this whole property crisis. A new report says China and Russia are packing the Earth's orbit with military satellites. That says major U.S. adversaries look to gain footholds in outer space. Why should Washington care? Young Chinese schoolchildren pledging to be voluntary organ donors. Photos and videos reveal the campaign happening across the country. More on the untold facts behind China's organ transplant operation. And over 11 million dollars worth of U.S. chips routed through a South Korean company, only to end up in China. What's the impact of the unexpected journey? A death sentence for the world's most indebted real estate developer, Evergrande. A Hong Kong court ordering the company to close its doors Monday so that it can sell assets to pay off its massive debt, a whopping $300 billion. This after the company failed to restructure its debt. Now the world is watching if creditors can get their money back. What happens next could impact global investors' confidence in China. Plus, how much money that could enter or leave the country? That's because China's politics could get in the way. The court that ordered Evergrande to sell its assets is based in Hong Kong. But if creditors try to claim Evergrande's assets in mainland China, authorities could block them if they choose. Ultimately, Beijing has control. But at the same time, China now needs foreign investment more than ever. Its economy has been reeling. Billions in foreign investments have fled the market. Evergrande is definitely a case or very well the benchmark example in this whole property crisis. And of course, for the others who may end up in a similar situation, investors will start to worry about whether there could be a nicer restructuring deal. Evergrande's demise would have major implications for other Chinese property companies. There are a dozen of them that are restructuring their debt, and their investors make up some of the world's biggest, including companies that take care of American pension funds. The court has appointed a consulting firm to clean up the mess. They would sell Evergrande's assets to pay off its debt, a process called liquidation. In a statement, they said the liquidation wouldn't have a direct impact on Evergrande's subsidiaries in mainland China. It's quite likely that Evergrande will be broken down into a much smaller company if it still survives in the future. So, or maybe it's not well the end of the world for the macroeconomy, but I still think on the corporate level, it can be quite painful. The news sent Evergrande's shares tumbling 20 percent. Evergrande was once China's biggest real estate developer. Its default in 2021 marked a crisis moment for China's real estate sector, an industry that accounts for a quarter of China's economy. Over 50 developers have since followed suit, and thousands lost their jobs. Once a growth engine, the sector is dragging China's economy downward. Evergrande's massive operation stretches across hundreds of cities in China. Breaking apart the giant could take years. 
Evergrande now stands as the symbol of China's real estate crisis, and it's been sentenced to death by a Hong Kong court. To take a closer look at the decision's impact, we spoke to Anders Kaur, publisher of the Journal of Political Risk. He's also the principal of Core Analytics. Anders Kaur, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Now, a Hong Kong court has ordered Chinese real estate developer Evergrande to liquidate. Now, that's after it failed to restructure $300 billion in debt. Now, to begin, given that this is a Hong Kong court, will Chinese courts allow that decision to go through? That's a great question. Uh, I think that some of the reactions uh, that uh, the lawyers are having in terms of saying that the ruling only applies to the parent company, the so-called parent company of Evergrande, as opposed to subsidiaries in China, should be a red flag for all of us that it may be that Evergrande is trying to protect 90% of its assets, which are in mainland China, from liquidation, which would be a huge blow to creditors both in China and internationally. Now, there's been talk, I think you and I have spoken about this before, of the Chinese regime stepping in to bail out Evergrande. Will it get to that point, or are they going to use this loophole instead? Another great question. I don't think anybody knows the answer, but stepping for, for a government to step in and protect a company like that also creates moral hazard. So if investors believe that any uh, any default in China is going to be taken care of by the Chinese government, then you don't really have capitalism anymore. You just have people wanting to invest uh, in a country that always bails out its uh, any any bankrupt company. So this, of course, is not what uh, U.S. or foreign or local creditors want to hear. They want a bailout. Uh, they're arguing for a bailout. Even the New York Times is kind of implying that there should be a bailout to maintain international confidence in the Chinese economy. But, um, you know, that's, that isn't really capitalism. Um, if you make bad investments, including in companies in China, and those companies go bankrupt, ultimately you should pay the price as an investor. And now it's not just Evergrande. Country Garden is also another one that's in debt. And Kyle Bass was posting about it, saying the two of them have a whopping $500 billion in debt. Now, the Lehman Brothers, when they went background, had $600 billion. Is this China's Lehman Brothers moment? It very well could be. People have been talking about that for a while. Uh, the whole financial sector is destabilized right now. The stock market is tanking. Meanwhile, you know, in the past three years, China's economy has lost $6 trillion. The China MSCI index has lost 60% of its market capitalization. While that has been going on over three years, U.S. stocks have skyrocketed, have, have gone up by uh, almost the same amount, $5.3 trillion, I believe. Now, I want to zoom in on the terminology here on the note of liquidation when it comes to Evergrande. What does that mean? Is that the end of Evergrande? Well, it's definitely the end of the Evergrande parent company, as the Evergrande lawyers have said. Uh, but it may continue uh, through its subsidiaries on mainland China. And that, that I think, is the big question and, and, and what we'll see. Um, but normally, it would be the liquidation of a company and all of its subsidiaries. Uh, you wouldn't have protected subsidiaries that are protected from investors somehow, unless that was somehow, uh, you know, in advance. Uh, but I don't, I don't agree contractually in advance, but I don't think that's the case. I think these creditors 
um, are probably owed all of the assets that Evergrande has. However, Evergrande, uh, according to the Times, Evergrande doesn't really have that many assets anymore. Um, and what assets it does have are tied up politically in China. And what will be the likely impact on China's economy, given the other issues we're seeing with, say, high youth unemployment, local government debt, deflation, or is it too early to tell? I think it'll definitely have a negative impact on uh, the economy. It's a perfect storm at this point. There's just so much bad news coming from China. Um, and it's you can really tie it all back to its communist ideology. Communism doesn't really, it's like oil and water. Communism and capitalism just don't go well together. Um, there was a lot of hope that maybe China would open up, that it would liberalize its economy. Under Xi Jinping, I think that's being very, very clear that it's not happening. Anders Kaur, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Three U.S. soldiers are dead after a drone attack near the Jordan-Syria border over the weekend. Officials say dozens of other service members were injured. President Joe Biden says the U.S. will respond. It's the first time U.S. troops have died by enemy hands in the region since the Gaza war began. Officials say militants appear to have launched the attack from Syria. But that's not the country getting the blame. We've been attacked more than 100 times across the Middle East in, in recent months, and we know it's coming from Iran. you got to remember that Iran is connected to not only Russia, but also China and other nations. Iran provides political and military support to several terrorist groups like Hamas and the Islamic Jihad. And zooming out, Iran has a 25-year cooperation agreement with China, receiving both economic and political support. Back to the weekend incident, some U.S. lawmakers are calling for strikes against Iran itself. Some analysts worry that could result in global conflict. The designer of the 2008 Beijing Olympics mascots now organizing primary schoolers to donate their organs. A viral video on Chinese social media captures a group of Chinese children as they vow on stage to become organ donors. Take a listen. The event is part of a collaboration between the China Organ Transplantation Development Foundation and Hang Meiling Foundation. Hang Meiling is the original creator of China's Fuwa Dolls, the mascots of the 2008 Summer Olympics. Back to the students, the video isn't an isolated case, with other images showing students vowing to be organ donors across China. Other reports have also revealed that China's high school English textbooks promote a similar idea that students over 18 years old are able to sign organ donation agreements without their guardian's permission. What's more, last December, Beijing passed a new law on organ donation and transplantation. It takes effect in four months and will allow the country to perform more transplant surgeries. Experts say the act is a cover-up of massive numbers of illegal organ transplantations. Human rights organizations have for years pointed to the Chinese regime's underground live organ harvesting practice. They say it's used to persecute dissidents and faith groups, including practitioners of Falun Gong. The China Tribunal judgment in 2020 stated that Falun Gong practitioners have been one 
and probably the main source of China's organ supply. Falun Gong is a spiritual meditation practice based on the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. Switching gears to space, both China and Russia have been secretly packing the Earth's orbit with dual-use satellites. That's according to a new report by the U.S. Space Force. Let's take a look. The report says some of the regime's space technologies could be leveraged as weapons to, quote, deny, disrupt, or destroy satellites and space services. And there are several examples. One kind of Chinese satellite dragged a wasted navigation aircraft into a junk orbit two years ago. Another is a satellite equipped with a giant robotic arm, which could be used to grab other spacecrafts. What's more, Beijing is reportedly developing ground-based laser systems capable of not only blinding, but also damaging U.S. satellite sensors. The report mentions that the regime currently operates more than 300 remote sensing satellites, which give its military a bird's-eye view of U.S. aircraft carriers. Space dominance has long been a battleground between Beijing and Washington. Other bodies in space, like asteroids, moons, or planets, could provide nations with resources and strategic advantages. South Korea has busted a major chip smuggling scheme, catching 53,000 banned U.S. chips valued at over $11 million. These crucial chips were being secretly sent from South Korea to China. Behind it all was a South Korean company identified only as Company A. Over the past three years, the company legally imported U.S.-made chips to South Korea, then smuggled some of them by air into China across nearly 150 trips, simply by evading customs declarations. These chips have been under U.S. export restrictions since 2020 due to their potential use in weapons of mass destruction. Prosecutors have charged all executives at the company for the crime. The U.S. has been seeking export curbs to keep American chips from strengthening China's military. China is loosening regulations to spur AI tech development in an effort to catch up with the U.S. Authorities approving over 40 AI models for public use. That technology could be used to train services similar to ChatGPT. Chinese companies have been rushing to develop AI products after seeing ChatGPT's success. But Beijing has been careful about keeping development under its control. Last August, Beijing said companies that want to open their AI service to the public have to get approval from authorities. Next, we'd like to take a moment to share some of your comments about our last show. Many viewers expressed their support for the UK pianist who played at a London train station and faced a pro-China group. Eye of the Beholder says, God bless the Freedom Piano and the Pianist, too, for standing up for Western values. And James Gerard says, this is bigger than protecting the arts. This is protection of free speech. Don't forget to tell us what you think of today's show, or if you have an idea for something you'd like to see us cover. Send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. Coming up, the U.S. and China are headed back to the discussion table. Officials from both sides will meet for talks to crack down on the supply chain of a deadly drug, fentanyl. China's plan to replace Beijing facing major hurdles. What does the future hold for the $85 billion plan? And as China buys up American farmland, much of the regime's purchase data remains in the dark. What's behind the slow reaction? We're on that after the break here on China in Focus. 
Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A joint effort to crack down on fentanyl. U.S. officials will discuss how to stem the flow of fentanyl with Chinese counterparts in Beijing this Tuesday. That's according to an announcement from the White House. Washington saying both sides have formed a working group to combat global illicit drug manufacturing. Fentanyl has killed more Americans than car accidents and cancer. The drug killed over 70,000 Americans in 2021. That's about one person every eight minutes. In 2022, U.S. authorities confiscated over 300 million doses of fentanyl, enough to kill the entire U.S. population. Many of the drug's ingredients are made in China. Those ingredients are then pressed into pills in Mexico and smuggled into the U.S. through the southern border. Beijing stopped working with the U.S. on drug control in 2022, after then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Cooperation only resumed when President Biden met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping in San Francisco last November. China has spent over $85 billion to transform a part of Hebei province into China's next capital city. It's called the Xiong'an New Area, but experts say it's not going to plan. As the project enters its seventh year, more problems are popping up, some of those leading to major disputes between the area's original residents and local authorities. What are they demanding, and what does the area look like today? Let's take a closer look. One of China's most expensive city plans plagued by significant failures. The project aimed to develop a region called the Xiong'an New Area. The goal, to create a sub-capital city for China and eventually the next Beijing. Over the past six years, houses there have been demolished, all to fit Beijing's ambitious makeover project. Local residents say their lives have been disturbed with many struggling to find stable living conditions for years afterward. There are so many issues tied to the relocation. The local authorities have taken our land from us. The apartments for relocation were built in very bad quality. She went on to explain that every year authorities would pay the equivalent of two to three dollars for every 100 square feet of their land. Zooming out, the Xiong'an new area combines three major towns. To urge people to leave the area and make way for construction, local authorities will leverage compensation, refusing to compensate anyone in a given area for leaving if even a single household refuses to move out. And in many cases, those who already lost their homes say they didn't receive compensation at all. Some told NTD they have nowhere to appeal and they weren't able to get any information about what's happening. Many people have been petitioning. It's happening in every village. Those who went petitioning were arrested. They haven't returned since yesterday. And the officials keep threatening the villagers. According to what locals told NTD, much of the construction is on hold because the developers ran out of money. Because the budget ran dry, here's what Xiong'an looks like today skyscrapers and abandoned construction sites standing side by side while much of the region remains vacant. The reason it's empty is that Xiong'an can't attract talent, businesses or investments. Its development relies solely on Xi Jinping's directives. Despite a huge amount of money having been spent, numerous announcements by Xi and many meetings held, it still remains empty.
Xi'an is located only 62 miles away from China's capital city, Beijing. As foreign buyers cash in on America's most fertile farmlands, much of the information surrounding China's transactions are still in the dark. What's behind the slow reaction? According to a congressional watchdog, the U.S. Department of Agriculture follows all foreign land purchases through paper filings. And that information gets reported to other federal agencies just once a year, making it harder to track data in a timely manner. Worth noting, the Agriculture Department is required by law to create an online filing process and database by the end of 2025. But so far, it has no plans nor timeline to do so. On top of that, the agency also relies on foreign investors to self-report their purchases. And there's no strict penalty in place for those who don't comply. Lawmakers from across the country have been pushing for laws to restrict China-based entities from buying land near U.S. military bases. New data shows UK vehicle making has hit the 1 million mark for the first time since 2019. The figures come from the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders. They attribute the boost to the easing of pandemic restrictions, from chip shortages to lockdowns, as well as increased electric car making. The Society's CEO said manufacturers would like to diversify supply chains away from China, but noted there are challenges. Chinese companies have the largest market share both in the sourcing of those materials and the processing of those materials. So uh, even if you make batteries here, Europe, elsewhere, the chances are the processed materials are coming from China or from Chinese companies. So that is an exposure. Um, and you know, in, by inherently when you're exposed to limited supply, there is a degree of risk in there. But that's where we are. and. Uh, I think you know all manufacturers are looking to you know by definition all manufacturers don't like to be dependent on single suppliers. You like to have a diversification of supply. That's good for cost competitiveness, but it also reduces the exposure to particular companies. He said the UK makes just about every part that goes into an electric vehicle, but not on the scale needed to meet demand. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, next on NTD, stay tuned for America's Hope with Kelly Wright. Tonight, Kelly interviews John Pounder, a man once living a life of crime and punishment, who's now bringing hope to men and women in prison. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.